0: Okay, so today, or yesterday at work, actually, I was going through the problem shoes, uh, which basically means, like, say there's one shoe that is, like, a size 7, but it's in, like, an 8 box or whatever, right? You fix it. You, you deduct it. Blah, blah, blah. Boring stuff, okay? I picked up the last problem shoe in our, in our problem shoe area. I opened it. What is it. this, a math class? No, 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 no. I opened it, and... I, I looked at it. I was like, oh, there's only one shoe in here. I guess that's the problem. And I grabbed it, and it was wet. And I was like, I don't understand why it's wet. <laughs> Shoes are not wet. That's wrong. What <laughs> the heck? And so I, I did a little further investigating, and I, I unwrapped it further. <laughs> and it was a sandwich. <laughs> it so was, a sandwich was a sandwich in a shoebox that is a problem shoe. Yes. See, but the big question for me was not how did a sandwich get in a shoebox? Cuz you could explain that away, right? You know, that is that makes sense. Right? If someone stole uh, stole the shoes but then left the sandwich in the shoebox as like a a throw away, you know, they were like yeah. they'll never guess. You know, that makes sense. But who out of my coworkers picked up the shoebox, opened it? <laughs> Saw that there was a sandwich in there and then took it to the problem shoe area.
1: (laughs) I have no idea, but we definitely need to get to the bottom of that mystery. I was really confused. And I was upset that I had to touch a a wet, slimy, gross sandwich. I don't blame you. Yeah. So we're going to get to the bottom of that mystery. Just like we're going to get to the bottom of the mystery. Of the Google Stadia Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen Welcome to Everything Comes From Something Episode 38 My name is Isaac Ransom I'm Cameron Tuttle That was a pretty good story wasn't
0: it? That is good All true I'm surprised that you found a sandwich with shoes I, It was just like so shocking to me It was genuinely shocking to me So I wrote a really passive uh, passive aggressive email uh, For closing notes oh, I was like, One if of you, those I was like if you ever find a sandwich Or any other food for that matter, in the shoes. (laughs) Please either throw it away or write a note. Thank you. (laughs) Leave it in the fridge. Make sure everyone enjoys it. Thank you very
1: much. If you enjoy everything comes from something, you can check us out on patreon dot com slash ecfs podcast. We are on all the normal social medias. Tell a friend, rate us on iTunes. That's how podcasts grow. That's all the ad stuff we're doing because nobody sponsors us. We are an
0: independent podcast. so make sure you listen to the show and tell us what you think That's not te- technically true. Some people sponsor us. Well, we have Patreon supporters yeah. yeah. And who are those Patreon supporters that are really important? Shout out to Darren O'Neill and Kiana Lay and Ariel and Eric
1: Walk. Thank you for supporting the show as producers. They are on our creative executive team and they get to help us design the topics for the shows. Usually we'll shout out their name when their topic said makes it to the top. Uh, Of course, if you want to check out any of our benefits, just check out the Patreon. And with that, let's get on to the show. Today's topic is about the future of gaming. It is Tuesday, March nineteenth. Google Stadia. Stadia. It's a little it's a little clunky. Doesn't the, roll the off name. the tongue well. No. It was unveiled at GDC uh, in twenty nineteen today. And so by the time you listen to this, there may or may not be more details about Google's
0: endeavor into the gaming industry, but what a dumpster of information uh by dumpster do you mean like a a dumpster on wednesday after they they take out the the trash because it was empty no it's full there's a lot of stuff to cover and i and i don't say dumpster is a negative no it it's kind of it was kind of a vague announcement like you're saying like it, it didn't it, there was a lot of stuff like it was un, it was super surprising as far as like we we really didn't well we knew something was brewing right the the controller had leaked before this um, as well as uh, I think that's it I think that's all but we knew that there was something of Bruin it's kind of un Google in that I think it's very uh, I don't know It it they announced something in a totally separate realm that they're not even close to being a part of yet and it's interesting to see how they, they like jump into this they said it's going to be out by this year right yes they did. They said it is a 2019. Well, I don't even
1: know if we can call it a console. We don't really know. There's not a ton of details. They have for sure uh, stood behind their streaming service. As you might recall, uh, Google was testing gaming streaming with Assassin's Creed crap, whatever the new one is Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Odyssey Origins. I I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. Uh, That was the latest 2018 Assassin's Creed game, and they were doing a testing of a streaming service on Google Chrome for a while. I think they called it, like, Project Stream or something like that. But it was up for, like, one or two days, and people were impressed with the results, and so they were kind of testing the groundwork for what is and will be Google Stadia. But it it is interesting because their approach to entering the gaming industry is so... Next generational, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They have a very different mindset on how people will play games and interact with games. And it is all leaning on this idea of convenience and instant access. They're bragging the idea that you can stream to almost anything seamlessly and that they're still working out the kinks with lag issues, but they're very confident in what how far they've come. Uh, There was a lot of talk at GDC because GDC is a developer conference uh, about how the tech works and how it's developer friendly and how the GPU power is linked to their data networks um, and how it can interact with somebody's, you know, use of the service quicker than
0: most other streaming services have the options to do so. I say let's um, I'm I'm just going to read a couple sentences to like set up the. Like, what it, what it actually is. Let's do it. Um, so, uh, Phil Harrison, um, the Google, the current Google gaming boss, as uh, Kotaku writes, um, Harrison and a host of other presenters boasted of high-end gaming running at 4K, 60 frames per second, streamed across Google's network to any screen you can think of. This new generation of gaming is not a box, Harrison said. It will launch later this year, first in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., and Europe. Um now, Harrison did not say how fast the user's internet speeds would have to be um, to get this to get this level of performance. Um, but I think it's pretty safe to say that you have to have a really high bandwidth. For that sort of performance. Now, yes.
1: I'm curious to know what kind of bandwidth you'd need for lower resolution because at the same time, I play a lot of my games at 1080p. Everyone is on the 4K hype train. My computer can do 4K, but it's like... I don't need 4K. Right. I need right. performance.
0: Right. Right. See, okay, so the the very interesting thing for me is this idea of you can click the option to play now and be playing within five seconds. No download, no patch, no install, Harrison st- said. Um, Stadia offers instant access to play. So what this means to me is that really the priority with, with something like this is not sort of this high-fidelity... Um, experience but a super instantaneous like like we want you playing games as quickly as possible experience right almost i mean it is very 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 much like netflix um for for gaming like that is i think that's how it's being pitched well right now to me a little different actually i think it's being pitched like youtube
1: Mm. and it makes total sense because google owns youtube right and they've dabbled in youtube gaming but a lot of people are pointing to how the service is being built up with the same direct access that YouTube has. Now, I'm assuming that the service isn't free. YouTube is free, quote, quote, right? They have um, ads, which leads to another conversation because a majority of Google's revenue is through ad revenue, right? Um, But Stadia seems to be leaning into the YouTube design, In a sense, because it's like you can share a link with someone, and they click on that link, and they will be loaded up instantly into a game save. Like, let's say I'm like, Cameron, you gotta play this mission in Doom Eternal. It's awesome. I'm gonna send you a link, you click on the link, you're in the mission.
0: Yeah, Ten seconds. Yeah, right? yeah. No, like no install. You don't have to like do the stupid thing where you're like, ah, oh, I gotta update the game. I'll be back in forty minutes. You know, like like it's just it's just completely instantaneous. Or imagine, it's how it's being pitched. Or imagine
1: this, right? Doom Eternal is a game that features semi PVP functionality. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, Cameron, I want you to play this level, and at the same time, I'm gonna play the level. But I'm, I'm going to send you the link. You can boot it up right away. And I'm going to haunt you as a demon in that game. Mm. Instantly, yeah. we have a
0: connection, right? See, the, and this is, this is what's also really interesting. And this is kind of how I was introduced to this was I think it's going to really shape the um, Twitch slash, slash YouTube gaming uh, streaming uh, atmosphere, right? So, like, say you have, like, a... Say, say a Twitch streamer has or has a Patreon account, right? And they have like a certain tier where you can get the link so that you can play with this this person. And they've know? already showed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's exactly what they're they're sort of banking off of is this this is like going to be super easy access, streamlined into this game. It's going to be cross-platform. It's going to be like super convenient. I mean, that's that's really just what it c- comes down to is is Convenience. I'm going to throw this out just right away. Yeah, go
1: ahead. This doesn't happen often in the gaming industry. The last gaming, you know, first party brand that was announced was back in 2001, November. That was the Xbox brand. Mm. Back then, a lot of people thought Microsoft was crazy for entering a market with companies like uh, Sega, Nintendo, and Sony. Being in the gaming market, right? Yeah. But look at Xbox now, right? They they've come a long way, and people were doubting them from the start. So you don't really know with this Google stuff. I think, as a lot of gamers feel, right? I was just reading through some comments about the reveal of Stadia, and most people are like, oh, this looks like Uya Uya number two, or oh <laughs> my gosh, like this is a joke, but. Dude, convenience is king in the consumer world. Yeah, I, I at least from my perspective, right? Like everyone, here's an example, right? We live in California. Everybody knows fast food is bad for you. Everybody says when they're at cocktail parties, "I hate fast food." How many cocktail parties? I do you never that? ever eat at McDonald's. <laughs> that is for pigs. Yeah, you don't see McDonald's closing left and right, do you? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's because convenience is king. I would... I'm going to put it even to a finer point, right? I have, you know, a very small collection of of Blu-rays. You know, but they're movies that I I cherish and that I care about. Um, If one of those movies is streaming on Netflix, I would rather just play it there then have to put it in to the exactly. to my to my PS4 and and watch it that way. I know.
1: It's it's a really fundamental aspect of how most consumers think and act today, right? And Google's tapping into something special. This is from their official website. These are the five main points of Stadia. There there are a lot of different things. Their big headline is the future
0: of gaming is not in a box. First of all, your logo looks stupid. I agree that. This This is one of my reasons why I say This is very unlike Google yeah. It's it's like got an actual logo First of all And it looks very strange It's not Man it reminds know, me of the top of a Jamba Juice logo Oh it, absolutely That's exactly what it looks like actually This is weird <laughs> But it's got like RGB
1: <sighs> Coming out of it Yeah, uh, I. You know what though Okay let me just read the five points Like it said Games where you want, when you want. Play across multiple devices, including laptops, desktops, selected phones, and tablets. Anything that has a screen, right? Uh, New ways to play through YouTube and beyond. Watching a video to be... um, Go from watching a video to playing a game in seconds with even more innovative experiences that come from select games. Like, I think games like Dark Souls or even like what we were talking about with Doom with a shared world, like Invasion System, that's going to be integrated really well. Uh, Up to... Heavy words up to 4K HDR at 60 frames per second. Uh, Enjoy gaming the way you love with beautiful HDR graphics and smooth frame rates. Uh, And then it says in small grayed out text, 4K HDR at at 60 frames a second is dependent on your bandwidth. Gameplay experiences may vary based on the quality of internet connection. Sorry to my friend Bob. Goes to San Diego, UC San Diego. (laughs) His internet connection sucks butt, dude. He's not getting stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, play instantly. No updates, no downloads. Just jump right into the game. Huge factor, right? And then this is an interesting thing as well. Always getting better. Stadia cloud-based infrastructure evolves to meet the demands of players, developers, and YouTube creators. Dude, if Stadia takes off, that's just going to fund them to make it even better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm counting on it actually being pretty widely adopted as far as the gaming community goes. I think if it's at a cheap enough price point, people are just going to get it so that they can, like, I don't know, play on their laptop or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think people would get it even if they have a dedicated console or they have a dedicated, like, like, hardcore gaming PC. I think people would get it just to kind of be i don't know there's that convenience factor of it you know you don't want to always be sitting at your at your computer desk and and be playing games like that you want to have the option to to either take it on the go if you have you know good enough wi-fi connection somewhere else or you know just sit on the couch and and play on your laptop or whatever you know what i mean like like there's a certain there's a certain element of convenience that i think people will jump into if it's at the right price
1: Right, and I think that the niche market of gamers, which is now fairly mainstream... It's huge. It's going to be cut I mean, in... it's
0: bigger than movies.
1: Yeah, it's going to be cut into by Stadia. And here's what yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The next generation of gaming consoles will be indefinitely impacted by what Stadia does in the future, especially if it works. That this is... is the big if. This, this is, is the big, the big it, if. Right? Yeah. Like, it's it's all talk. They showed a lot of demos so far. Now, some people are like, oh, well, I don't see it realistically. I, other people have said, well, there was buffering and, and, and moments of dropping frame rate and, and I things like that. 100% guarantee you that was a pre-rendered video. 100% guarantee. I'm I'm not sure. We We don't know. But it could be all talk currently. Now, they were saying from stage that it was running off one of their GPUs when most gamers or people should be experiencing four GPUs. Uh, supporting the the streamer, right? I don't know what difference that makes. I don't know anything about streaming technology, but basically Google spent a lot of time at GDC explaining that their technology cuts from game to player as fast as possible. Whereas most streaming services, you have to take your console of choice or, you know, your laptop of choice that has to contact your internet provider. And from the internet provider, it goes to the internet and then it reaches the server, right? They, they kind of spent some time explaining that. What they said is, oh, the controller we're selling, uh, one of the selling points also being you can use any controller, but the controller we are selling is basically with Stadia, right? I'm assuming it's a, a subscription based thing right if you get the controller the controller's not Bluetooth It's Wi-Fi it connects directly to your network which correct, connects
0: directly to the server it is supposed to just cut as much latency as possible yeah it's supposed to be seamless almost like it is direct the feedback is direct f- to the server so there's no there isn't supposed to be any latency f- that you can tell yeah um, see so what's interesting about about this service is is that it's actually um, it's ripping off something that I heard about recently. That is exactly the same thing. Do you know about this shadow? Yes, yes, shadow. So it it is. I think it's literally it's literally the same thing. It's
1: different in the sense that Google has like limitless money and infrastructure and data servers almost. Yeah, compared
0: to Shadow, which is a smaller, up-and-coming. Yeah, like, they're, they're, small. they're very small. smart. Yeah. They're very small. a San Francisco-based company. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but like nobody's ever heard of them. Well, I've they seen didn't... a lot of ads for them. Really? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. The internet knows everything
1: about me, so they marketed me as a gamer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw. I mean, I saw an LTT video about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but the what was most interesting for me about that, um, that. Sort of informational video by Linus Tech Tips was not the gaming performance, but it was actually the the rendering perform the 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 video editing performance. That was something that was really like eye opening to me. Was like, oh, we actually could at this point cloud render things. Yeah. Like I don't see why we couldn't, and that is exciting for me as someone who who edits. You know. And, Fairly frequently, uh-huh. um, that's exciting because i I don't necessarily always want to be on my on my big rig to to edit things. You know, I would love to to have the ability, or at least the option, Adobe to to edit on my on my laptop. Are you, you listening, know? Adobe? Yeah. So if Adobe could could jump into this market and and start to stream, you know, processing power, that would be awesome. That would be like genuinely. An excellent service. That is crazy. You think about, like,
1: the market for computers currently, right? What if, just hear me out, besides all the repair issues, let's say this MacBook that's right in front of you, Cameron, what year is your MacBook? 2015. 2015, right? Would you believe me if I told you you'd be using that MacBook for another 30 years? N- I mean, absolutely but not. What if, but what if, because of cloud-based processing power you wouldn't need to worry about it right 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 i mean we were just if talk- i
0: could use this for 30 years i would i know yeah
1: that w- cameron and i were just talking beforehand the 2015 macbook pro i think you have a 13 inch right mm-hmm. it's like the best macbook in in our opinion at least in our opinion i mean it's per- it's almost perfect in every way like the keyboard feels good the track great the build quality is awesome the mag safe Connector is great. I mean, there's no, you don't have USB C Thunderbolt. No. But, I mean, I have, the, we have, th- it's Thunderbolt 2. I think I have the 2016 or 2017 MacBook 13 inch. Isn't it the 2018? No, 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 uh, It's from my work. I didn't, I don't actually own it. Uh, that's what we record the show on, but like, this thing's just fine. It's really like a build quality. I don't know.
0: The problem, the problem with the new MacBook is, is the keyboard is genuinely like yeah. it's terrible. That's beside. That's we're getting off topic. But like, can you imagine though? Like my,
1: I, I just met with my cousin Chris the other day, and he was like, "Well, I'm on a crappy like Dell computer from 2008." You know, like that thing is dusty and slow. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about the paperclip on Word. Like that's ancient, dude. <laughs> uh imagine if he could suddenly access like processing power and would never have to upgrade like what would even happen to our computer market dude? apple would die apple would not die apple you don't would, think so apple would be fine dude. their iphones are probably their biggest
0: sellers yes but but i mean their big deal is hardware if you cut around the hardware the actual like so- hardware but people of love
1: their software and it's all about the ecosystem it's a little different it's a little different. I'm just saying, like, I would say that all the PC companies talk about, I'm talking about Asus, Lenovo, uh, you know, uh, Lenovo. MSI. Yeah, yeah. The, you got all these like companies making laptops, right? HP. Got, yep. HP, Dell. Uh, What's the other one? The Legion. I don't know what that is. Lenovo, that's Lenovo as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You got all these laptops. Those are going to go away quick. <laughs> you know, like
0: it would just, it's just the market might shrink. Yeah. It's going to be all about thin and light. And processing power, it's in the cloud. Yeah, is a is a thing of the past. I mean, this is this is really interesting, and I think this will be the the future of, um, of computation is not a, like when Wi-Fi is basically everywhere, which it almost is right now. Right, I think, I think people won't have any reason to have like a hardcore processor in their in their laptop. Like they wouldn't have any reason to have anything but basically a really nice screen and a really nice keyboard. Dude that folds together. Let me tell you this, okay? Like my dad works for HP. I just want to throw that out there. So
1: yeah, I'm probably a little bit biased. Right? I wanna I've always enjoyed HP products just because I'm like my dad works there. A lot of my friends disagree. They're not fans of HP and I hear why they don't like it. Okay? But I've seen a product recently, not a perfect product. But if this uh, cloud-based, you know, CPU power service comes into play, would be the flawless product. Mm. It is a HP laptop that is covered in leather. Have you seen this? Yeah, the Folio? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, the, it's, it's good. It's the Folio. It's pretty cool, right? But here's what I want to say about it. It's not like the most power. It's It's got decent specs. It's pretty It's pretty yeah. solid, right? What it does have is 5G built into it. Mm. right so you're constantly connected no more sketchy wi-fi places dude you can cloud stream your
0: connectivity right there boom perfect 5g is probably the future of laptops people don't even see it well hold on hold on this is the thing about 5g this is the confusing thing for me um the higher the signal um like the the gigahertz of the signal the less it is able to connect so this is this is one of the problems. Is, do you, what do you mean by connect? So you have to have towers that are that are very close to you in order to connect to the internet. The service of it is so like it's the same with your router, right? The two point four gigahertz um, signal goes a lot longer, even though it's slower, Got and it. the five gigahertz signal goes um, a lot shorter, even though it's it's a lot faster. Got and it. then if you get if you get up, I think there's another one. Um, is it like eight gigahertz or something? There's like another signal strength that is like, really it, you can only use it in the room that the that the router is actually in. Yeah. Um, and so the, so what I mean is like the higher, the, the speed of the signal, the, the less you can actually connect to it. Um, so I don't think, I don't think 5g is ready yet at all. I've also heard things about 5G giving you cancer, but that was from Alex Jones, so I don't know if that's true. I'm not going to take a man at his word there. (laughs) I found
1: something. This is according to TechRadar. This is information about Stadia. Stadia's streaming service. Sorry. I almost keep saying Stevia. Um, (laughs) It says this. This is how it works. The streaming actually works. Uh, Google will prompt you to run a connection test that checks your internet bandwidth, the latency between your computer and the servers, and any data loss. Google requires a streaming rate of 15 megabytes per second, latency below 40 milliseconds, which I think I have both those things in my house, right? I mean, that's pretty standard. And data loss below 5%. With these requirements met, you'll be ready to dive into a game. That's fairly reasonable, right? uh the beta of project stream offered assassin's creed odyssey which is nothing short of a demanding title when you launch the game in the chrome tab it would go to full screen and run exactly as if it had been launched on a proper gaming computer except without deep graphics without like an excessive graphics settings menu Uh, i guess it's all adaptive and you can play with keyboard mouse or connect a game controller in any way uh, and it goes on and on, but just kind of a, a. I think that's all based off their Project Stream experience, which I heard a lot of people thought was impressive, um, mm. and and they thought it worked well. So I have, I honestly have no doubt that this probably works. We're not going to know till it's out. Yeah. Um,
0: I want to throw out an interesting idea. Okay, but before you do that, I just I brought up NVIDIA GeForce Now, right, which, which I think is the best sort of. Um, current day competitor. Oh, we're watching it right now. Yeah, and so, like, it literally does exactly what what you said. Um, So, hold on, on, give me one second. Um, Cameron is launching the game on his 2015 MacBook. So, I go into the client, and right. it's basically just like a library of games. I got you. Um, I press play, and then it takes me to another window that prepares me to to launch the game. But it's basically it's just pinging the server right. that is actually running the the GPU. Got it. Um, and so once it once it's ready to go, it just is ready to go, and it will connect. Um, it will test the servers, like you were saying. It just it tests tests the servers. Um, says you have a proper connection and then, and then it's good. So currently we've been waiting though for about 40 seconds, I'd say. Uh,
1: that's because I didn't press play. Oh. Oh, okay. So here we go. Now you're running rust, which is kind of a less demanding. Yeah. It was just the first one that, that popped up. Um, but I have heard that this, these streaming services work fine. My big thing is that performance is king. For me, like, I play a ton of Overwatch, right? Every, like, I think anyone who plays shooters on PC, like, the performance matters so much. So, I mean, I'm, like, we're not, I'm curious to see how this goes on your laptop currently, but it's like, that's my biggest thing. I feel like a lot of gamers are gut-reacting because they're like, dude, I I just doubt the technology. I doubt the way that it's going to work, and... I doubt even the own fidelity of my Wi-Fi. I doubt that people in my house are going to like use the consistent bandwidth that I test with. Like I'm concerned that I'll be disconnected from things that I find important. Like for example, people who play competitive games, usually competitive matches are based on like a ranking. And if you leave the game, you lose the ranking. Right. Right. And right. there's like, so if you drop and like for me, someone who plays overwatch is like, dude, I never want to drop out of connection. When yeah but isn't that this
0: isn't that just the same problem if you have spotty wi-fi right like like if you say well if the whole game crashes right no what? but even if your wi-fi was bad enough so that you dropped out of the game right Well, usually, are you just saying that you're putting essentially more um in that basket like right. the wi-fi basket right that's that is what i am saying so
1: like at the end of the day I want to sit down. I mean, you you talked about Linus Tech Tips or even a another YouTuber. What's what's the one? Digital Foundry. The second they test it and are like, we're blown away. Like I'm on board.
0: Yeah, I, to, for me, it it really comes down to latency. Right. Like it really comes down from the games that I played on this uh, service because it's in beta. I got into the closed beta, um, the GeForce now, um, and for the most part, I had pretty good, um, like, I didn't really notice that much latency. You can tell a little bit. It's, like, very slight. But for the most part, it was it was fine. It was totally doable. But that was just for the games that I, that I play, personally. Um, I'm interested in seeing how it works um, as far as, like, competitive hardcore shooters. Yeah, but see, like, even
1: you just saying, like, it's doable. I'm, like, un acceptable i know that's like crazy right but no no no. i know what you mean but it's like i bought an expensive graphics card to fit inside my computer and I'll, I'll give you this i'm probably in a small percentage of gamers who are willing to do that right but it's like esports is growing people care about performance right just being like playable might be fine for some people but for like Depending on the games that you play. Yeah. Again, like convenience is king. Maybe some people are like, I'm totally okay with being all right with that. I played PlayStation Now. I tried a seven-day trial. I played two games. One that performance mattered, a shooter. I think it was Killzone 3, which I played single player. Within seconds, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not playing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, hold on. Now I got to know what it's like to play split screen. I had to know, right? Right. I sat down and started playing split screen. Even worse. I was mm. like, I can't stand PlayStation Now. Oh, but when was that? Um, that was about probably a year and a half ago. Okay. And then just recently, in November, I had nothing to do. I had a new seven day free trial of PlayStation Now. I was like, I'm loving Red Dead 2. Let's play Red Dead One. Not good enough for me. Like mm. the second I started playing I'm like, dude, I'm just gonna re. I'm gonna buy it, play it backwards compatible on my Xbox One. It will not stutter at all. It yeah. will run well. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and wait for buffering. I'm not going to look at the trees as a pixelated mess. It's just like, it's so, it, it was like such a frustrating experience for me personally because I'm like, I want it to be there. It's just, it's not good enough for me.
0: Yeah. Right? I, no, I, I totally agree. And this is, I think, the big key issue um, we've loaded into Rust. If you if you would like to take a test drive. Yeah, let's see it. Um. Hey, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah. It it's very it's not at all that noticeable. Um and the big thing for me is that um obviously my track the trackpad is not what you would want to play on, but No, um, no, I get that. B- but but the big thing for me is that there there is some screen tearing if you uh, care. A bit. Yeah. And <clears throat> for me it's like high textures, high fidelity textures and as far as I can tell, it's very uh, the 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 frame rate is very good. Um, I didn't actually test um, the frame rate, like what it what it's what it's capping to. So I don't I don't actually know. So so here's the
1: thing. There's just a couple notes, and I know I'm a snob. I know most people are listening are like, dude, this guy's a big friggin' nerd. There's motion blur on this game right away, which kind of hides frame issues. Yeah, yeah in yeah. some ways. Um, I hate motion blur dude Also Russ looks like a potato dude So it's like it's not, Yeah it's an that, old game It's not that impressive to me And there's still stutters Just I'm not even moving I'm just moving the mouse around Usually like 180 left right And there'll be like a hitch here and there I don't see it right now But there was a second ago And it's like it's not a big deal I could see how you're like Oh this game is totally playable And it's cool you know Like you could play it anywhere um, In the same sense right Stadia It's not brand new tech like you're saying, like you're experiencing rust right here. We're messing with it right now. Um, But here was the big idea that I alluded to just earlier. Imagine this. Google makes all their money off advertising. Stadia is free right off the bat. I mean, that would be a big seller. Dude, free, convenient, undeniably
0: you're in right away. Ugh, what You, you have ads. Oh no.
1: Stadia Premium. No. 20 bucks a month. No. <laughs> Dude, I guarantee everyone will try it. It's free. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Everyone would it. I try don't care it. watching an old Spice ad in loading like loading screens, right? How many ads would you have to put on Stadia to make it worth it? Dude, that's a- the question. This is what I'm saying. Every loading screen. Every time you load into a Call of Duty match, just an ad as long as it's integrated into the the actual game though i bet that's the problem they could do it how would they do that now the issue with a game i mean that god of war right now that is what you're talking about that is the future of gaming that's the win yeah that's how they
1: that's how they completely destroy it now if they don't do that I don't see Stadia taking off in the way that maybe Google hopes. But at the same time, Google's got so much money, they don't care at this point, probably. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, if it
0: fails, whatever. Like, they're probably like, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's a big investment. They bought a first-party studio. They're like, I don't they're they, in it. I don't think they bought a first-party studio. They, they oh, made one. Oh, okay. So they literally, like, from the ground up, They. I mean, that's even worse. They're building one. So, So, like, this is what I'm saying is, like, it's a big investment. They're actually putting a lot into this, dude. Mar, uh, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, um,
1: what? Like, a lot of people are like, dude, Reggie's leaving Nintendo, right?
0: Oh, they're like, what Reggie's if he's- going to Google. Wow. St- Stadia, you think? He'll be there. You think?
1: Eh, give it two, three years when he misses the money. Maybe he's already in the contract, but a lot of people, like, people from EA have left and have been working at Google for a little while now.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing some rumblings about people leaving EA because they're not doing so well financially right now. He... Because they had two big flops. Right, but Apex Legends is on top right now. Yeah, but Apex isn't... It's isn't shaky. Isn't the moneymaker. It's shaky. They just launched their Battle Pass this week, I think. I, or very soon. They they were really counting on Battlefield Five and it it was really soft. And then they were semi counting I think as like a backup, they were semi counting on Anthem. Dude, I heard that there's like a conspiracy about EA putting out Apex
1: right away on top of Anthem because they're like Anthem's not good. Yeah,
0: I can see that. I can see that, but I. Bioware's on the don't chopping know. block, dude. Yes. They're gone. 100%. They're
1: like gone, dude. <laughs> I don't see When them. was
0: the last time they made like a successful game? Inquisition. Dragon Age Inquisition. That was 2011?
1: 2014. It was on next gen consoles. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: 2014,
1: Was that their last game?
0: No. Uh, Andromeda came after, and then Oof. Anthem. Yeah. Andromeda really did poorly and was not very good. Yes. Yeah. And but, people hate Anthem. So here's what I want to say.
1: If Stadia succeeds or if it fails, it's besides the point. I think Google's onto something just like the Xbox one was onto something a little ahead of its time. For example, when Xbox one came out and said, we don't have discs or it's like, it's like, you can't share your games. It's just like basically a card. You swipe for the license. People flipped out, right? Basically Xbox is like, we're going all digital essentially is what they're saying. Right? Yeah, yeah. That was unacceptable. What? F- F- says six years ago, right? 2013,
0: 2014? Yeah, somewhere around
1: when, when the next gen were getting launched, right? The the old... Le- that was 2014, gen, yeah. right? Um, They're coming out saying you, you're not using disks, you can't share games, blah, 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 right? It's always online. People are freaking out. But now that infrastructure is way normal, so Google's sort of banking on that, but like, let's say that they just overstep. Google's a little too proud and cocky and they miss too many corners. I guarantee that Microsoft will pick up the slack and they will make this thing happen. And I'm just looking at Xbox Game Pass. They are pushing Xbox Game Pass like no other. And they're yeah. selling it at the price of
0: Netflix, like 10 bucks a month. you get everything right away. That is incredible, first of all. But do you think that would be an added cost on top of that because like instead of like instead of having the xbox be the the driver for game pass right they have to have their own driver well they you know, somewhere else
1: xbox is changing dude xbox yeah. live is coming to the nintendo switch yeah, the Xbox is no longer a gaming console. They're what they' they're shifting it to the point to be the Netflix for games. Mm. They're mm. trying to win that market. Now Google is known for crushing its competition. So I don't know what's going to happen
0: in terms of Xbox and uh, Stadia competing with each other. See, the one thing that I'm interested about about Microsoft and you this is what you were saying is that they are going to uh, kill the next console generation. Um I think it's possible. I'm going to say it's like 60/40 right now. It it's probably going to be them. My big concern is right now they've been really um integrating Xbox services into into the Microsoft ecosystem. It's almost like they've been fusing sort of the the Microsoft or the, you know that Microsoft that everybody knows and sort of loves uh with Xbox the gaming platform. Right. But X- it's it's it, it, they're doing crazy stuff, Cameron. But but no no no, hold on, hold on. This is what I'm what I'm gearing towards. I think they're looking not to be sort of like a home box um you know on the Xbox. I don't think they're they're looking into the console market for the long term. Right. And one of the things that concerns me is like Is that going to be the future? I'm sure it is. But how is that going to be implemented? If Google is getting into this market, right? Like if Google is going to be the... You never had a Google box. You know, you never had a Google machine. Maybe you had a Chromebook, but, you know, who cares? Like you... Google is a service that is provided to you from the internet. That has always been free. That has always been the most powerful thing out there. Yes. Right, and so, if Google comes into this market and says, "Hey, we're a service, we're on everything. You are just in the Google ecosystem now. you're right. in the Google gaming home this is this is us right now. like does that make Microsoft's investments their first party investments they've been really ramping up for for this next generation, like does that make that all null and void to some degree if they lose right it's It's really if Google
1: succeeds Microsoft is in trouble yeah right? yeah now the only thing that really starts to define the difference in gaming companies and I think that one of the biggest places where Stadia is gonna struggle is first party because yeah, at yeah. the end of the day people go where their friends are
0: and where the games are Those yeah are the and two- Google has where their friends are pretty, pretty right. much locked down if, have- the, if they have the service that you're saying right if it's free with ads and then premium and like if it's integrated to every streamer
1: every like i mean people are going to start using it oh, like yeah. crazy right 100%. it'll take off great right but there's still going to be the people who enjoy sony's first party library yep and microsoft the- <laughs> microsoft is going like head first into first party as well right now yeah they
0: see the value in it like well they see the what was the value in this last console generation?
1: But picture what's going on with streaming movie services right now. Everybody is doing their only on Hulu, only on Netflix, only on Amazon video, right? They're doing their originals. So you have this network of streaming services that is each trying to pull like Hulu suddenly partnering with Spotify, right? Uh, with their student discount trying to get students into there. Like, everyone's trying to pull with their first party platforms because at this point streaming across movies it's all the same right yeah now if that happens with gaming it's really going to be like well where are the best originals right yeah
0: but, but but i don't know because nobody's done the netflix thing for gaming yet.
1: And there's a huge social aspect to gaming that movie like streaming movies doesn't have. Right, exactly, right? exactly.
0: You don't have Twitch streamers, you don't have, you know, big movie personalities. It's all it's all in gaming. Like that's that's where that is. Yeah. Like there's a huge market and I think this is what Google is actually banking on. It's not that people are going to use their service. It's that people are going to use their service in tandem with other services that are connected to Google. Right. Right? They're going to use YouTube gaming because it's so well integrated. I think that's what that's going to be, you know, like yeah. like you like YouTube is going to be another vessel or the, I guess this maybe it that's backwards. This console, this ecosystem is going to be another vessel to promote YouTube. Like that's that's basically all it's going to be. Not all it's going to be, but like that is a big deal. The integration I think is a big deal.
1: No, I hear you.
0: Um do you want to know something interesting about about the uh, movie streaming services? I mean, the, a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, I think it let's ties in. So, um, if you don't know, Apple is getting into this market. They're going to come out with their, um, their own Netflix-like streaming service. Oh. One of the things that's interesting about it, um, it's not any different <laughs> from any of the other ones, obviously. Right. But... Similar to how Apple Music um, was the sort of um, foil to Spotify, um, I think that's going to be because because there are so many Apple devices out there. I think it's going to be really well integrated. In that, people are just gonna have it. It'll be on on their Apple devices like maybe they'll have to pay extra like Apple Music but they'll get the free trial and whatnot. And then they're investing really really heavily in um exclusive content, like you were saying. Yeah. They're they're really really trying to push for shows for for new content like like really um I don't want to say too much cuz it's kind of insider information, but yeah, yeah. they're Pushing, they're they're pushing a lot of high production value shows with with high talent, um, lots of A-list actors, um, and that's that's I think that's going to be their push. You know, it's going to be just like Netflix, except you know, it's going to have these exclusive shows, and they're yeah. they're all going to rival each other. And I I think, I think in a lot of ways the movie industry is like two or three steps ahead of the gaming industry just because it's a little bit older and it takes less bandwidth like internet bandwidth um so from what i see like the winds are blowing in in that direction we're gonna have multiple streaming services just like the google stevia thing whatever it's called stadia (laughs) we're gonna have multiple streaming services we're gonna have an xbox one we're going to have maybe a PlayStation 1 if that's what they're going to look into. I mean, as far uh, what it looks like right now, PlayStation is kind of the last in the chain. Well, they've been extremely quiet about the next generation. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's either a great thing or a terrible thing. And nobody yeah, we'll has see. really found out. <laughs> um, either they're busy working away or they literally have nothing to do uh, or they, they don't know what to do, right? And a lot of... Um, you know, Cameron and I both listened to, um, what is it called? Sacred, Sacred Symbols. Sacred Symbols, which is a PlayStation podcast. Um, and I'm sure some of the information we're using here is cited from that. But one of the things I noted is they had this question on that show. Um, just this last episode, they were talking about um, how Sony needs to act proactively instead of reactively. Yeah. Because Sony has been in the reactive camp before with the PlayStation three where they're just trying to catch up with Microsoft. Yeah. Now they survived. Right. But that's because so well, many... they
0: thrived in, in this last generation.
1: Well, but they, they survived that catch up generation because yeah. of format wars, which is another, everything comes from something podcast. And that, and this kind of goes back to that, right? It's all, it's all about the formats. Now I'm curious to know which video services, streaming services die first. I'm really curious to know which ones are going to die
0: or if they're just going to be able to coexist. I from what it looks like Hulu is probably on the chopping block. Yeah. Um the interesting thing about Hulu is that they have um they have TV shows and they're pretty quick to the draw when it comes to like um getting new new TV. Like you don't have Netflix takes a while for for it to get, you know, the the TV that's actually on the air right now. Um, But a lot of the other streaming services are backed by a huge infrastructure that, you know, if it's just kind of an add-on service. Well, Netflix is the king, right? Obviously. Yeah. Um, They're the industry leader. But you've got Amazon. Amazon, they don't have – they're just included in, in Amazon Prime. Like, there's no other... Like, people don't use Amazon. That's not because people don't have Amazon Prime. It's just, like, backed by this other sort of, like, infrastructure that is crazy. I bet you
1: somebody has calculated how how, like, important Amazon Prime is as a selling footnote for Prime. And
0: that's the only reason they probably haven't got rid of it because it's like, oh, you get this too, and yeah. people are like,
1: oh, that's a good deal for
0: hundred bucks a year, you know? Yeah, like? maybe, but it's like, I bet that's only like what 12 percent of the population who yeah, are I mean, buying Amazon I mean, Prime. Like, yeah. like most of of what's backing Amazon Prime is that it's just an amazing service yeah. where two day Prime shipping, everything's on there. It's it's just excellent. But but then you've got the Apple, uh, you've got Apple coming into the market, right? And that's gonna be backed by just the amount of iPhones that are in the wild. And then whoever else are coming in, I think there are like two or three other streaming, big streaming platforms that there's going to be a Paramount one. I think there's going to be, there's going to be a Disney one. Just throw me away, dude. This is the other big one. This is what
1: drives me nuts though. Right? Like just you and I were complaining about the amount of game clients we have on our computers. Yeah freaking ea is gonna have its own streaming service now uh ubisoft well ubisoft has been weird lately they they play on every platform but they have their own client too for some stupid reason right uh you got steam is gonna do it even uh discord nitro is like trying to launch its own game client in within right so you're gonna get strange like one-off like they don't even make games. Nitro probably makes games like GameStop makes games. I don't know. I don't know. I don't
0: know the details on that. And then Sony's going to butt in last See, place. But what if what if hear me out. What if GameStop started their own streaming service? You know they're going to do it like last. Yeah. I don't know. That would be the smart way to do it though. Like like Dude, GameStop if if GameStop was to like Survive th- what they're what <laughs> they're going through. What if GameStop's like
1: sell your used digital codes to us? You'll lose it in your library, but we'll <laughs> give you thirty five cents.
0: Like, dude. Oh man. No, I mean GameStop is dying. I GameStop bet. is dying. But if they were to survive, if they were like, if I was them trying to throw a life preserver, I would try to be working on this market. Writing's in the wall, dude. They're they're done. Like they don't have any money for that. Yeah.
1: So. Here's what I find interesting. The portion of people that want to play video games offline... Is Sony going to be the strong arm for that? Or is it going to be like Nintendo? And Or is that just Nintendo's job, right? The, the, almost like the kid's toy, but it's like you can take it anywhere. It works everywhere. It doesn't... You could throw it at a wall, you know? Uh, <laughs> like, this, this is what's weird. Here's what, here's what I was... Uh, here's another thing I was thinking about with Stadia. When I first saw the Nintendo Switch... Unveiled by Nintendo. I was just like, dude, this is amazing. It's almost like revolutionary. Mm. that You can play your console on the TV, take it up, and take it anywhere you want. And you're playing all the top games, right? That's the way they sold it. Now, in the back of my head, I was like, it's going to be like the Vita. <laughs> there's no support. A bunch of indie titles are going go yeah, to go yeah. it. I know that there's going to be no support. I picked that thing up revolutionary amazing that i can just plop it in the dock it's right there i'm playing super mario all the first party games are incredible first party games worth the price of admission for me i was i never thought i'd like super mario so much super mario odyssey is an incredible game like hands down probably one of the 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 best 3d mario game Mm. i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna really better than galaxy yes Wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, by f- by far, I don't think Galaxy's that good. Really? Yeah, I don't like Galaxy. Wow, I love Galaxy. Here's the thing about Galaxy. Uh, just a tangent, all right? <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy is a level-based Mario game. Yeah. Mario Odyssey is an exploration-based mm. Mario game, similar okay. to Mario sixty-four. You th- you get into a level, and you're like, I don't know where to go, but I know that I'm here for something. right Yeah. Odyssey yeah. is the same way. It's like. You don't know where to go, but you know you're here to find the moons. It's the same thing. Stars. Right, right, right. The only difference is when you get it, you stay in the world. You don't pop out like 64. Yeah. And there's also like a 1,000 moons. <laughs> like 800 moons. But at first they're like, oh, yeah, there's six in this world. They're like, cool, I got them all. And then like towards the end, it's like, yeah, we lied. There is actually like 50 in that level. And you're like, <laughs> wait, what? How did I miss all those? What did you just say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that game to me is... Just awesome. Like, it's great. And I love Smash Bros and and that other stuff. So it's like, I'm not dissatisfied with that, right? Mm. Revolutionary tech, it works good enough, right? It's fun. Things perform well on it. But it's like, yeah, I'm still going to go back to my computer. I'm still going to go back to my PS4. Right, right, right? right. Is Stadia going to be the same thing? We're like, whoa, this is revolutionary. This is so cool. Oh, my gosh, I could tune in my streamer. But at the end of the day, you're back on your PlayStation. You're just going to go back to playing what you know, right?
0: I a part of me hopes so. A part of me hopes so. And I say that as as kind of a I I love the PlayStation ecosystem. I'm pretty invested in the PlayStation ecosystem. Um, and I think there's value in them being like, no, we're a box that sits in your living room. You pay the first, you know, you know, four hundred dollars or whatever. That's the price of admission, and then you get, you know, you get all these games. Well, you don't get all these games, but we're gonna support it with first party games. You know, this is just gonna be. This is gonna be what we are like. It's it's almost the devil that you know problem. Like the devil that you know is, is better than the devil that you don't know, right? Yeah, I am not sure about about um, the. Google Stadia thing because a I'm cure I'm very very skeptical about the actual performance of it like you were saying like if it is geared towards sort of the hardcore streaming YouTube like competitive market I don't know if it's going to be that good I don't know if it's going to be good enough to capture that that audience like if the latency is good enough yes but if it's not, oof. I don't know. That's yeah. going to be a killer. That's going to be a killer. It's just going to be another Nintendo Switch. And it's
1: sad to say, right? Because I think the Switch is great. I think it does what it said it was going to do really well. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to go back to where I play, where
0: where where it's where the performance is better, where See, the infrastructure is already built. But what's interesting about this is we, you brought up the Vita. The Vita, to my mind, was the first thing that actually did this like a 100% it, what do you mean uh, remote play remote play was like you you mm. could legitimately do it with with your Vita and with your PS4 I'm not saying it was good but that was the first time that I, I was like wow if I wanted to I could go in my bed I could take out my Vita and I could play not a competitive game but I could play whatever I wanted yeah. you know I played a decent chunk of Infamous Second Son on my Vita. Yeah.
1: And it was all right. It wasn't good, but it was all right. It Like, I hear what you're saying. And I am really curious about what Sony's going to do. Now, if Sony buckles down and is like, dude, we are a Netflix too," I'm like, they're off to a good start just because of their first party offering mm, yeah. you know they're like hey uh right off the bat sony streaming service we are launching god of war 2 horizon 2 uh spider-man uh 2 and also every uh call of Duty's on it right away and it works great like it's like we're literally the same thing as google but we have everything you want to play yeah and it's like then it's like oh everyone's just gonna buy that anyways if it's 10 bucks a month everyone's just gonna get it just like netflix because it's like yeah, I don't want to miss Stranger Things. I don't want to miss I mean I don't know, nobody watches House of Cards anymore, but you know, I don't wanna miss
0: this. I don't wanna miss like the show that's in, right? But wouldn't you miss I would, I know I would. Wouldn't you miss a box in your living room that said Playstation Five on it? That I could play offline, yeah. I I would.
1: It's just I don't know if other people would feel the same just based on convenience. Yeah. It's like if the it would be weird if like, what if PlayStation launched both? They're like, oh, you could play everything PlayStation right away on our
0: streaming service, even with the DualShock Four. Just connect it to your TV. But that would kneecap the the hardware, wouldn't it? It would. Like if you could just if you could just play it through your smart TV, like why wouldn't you do that? Well, like I said, it just depends. Like if it's good enough yeah like everyone's just going to do that and then sony's fine right they'd be like oh the hardware is for the hardcores. it's uh but like you would get you would get less you would get less performance out of the console that's what i'm saying it's like there the the whole thing about this google thing is that you get more performance remotely but but that's what i'm saying what if
1: somehow consoles integrated performance could couple with yeah the server and could like boost it and yeah. boost it more right
0: yeah no I hear what you're saying and th- like one of the things for me is like if I really really want to I know I said that story facetiously earlier about how I will just stream something on Netflix there is a noticeable quality difference between streaming a movie on Netflix and popping in a Blu-ray like oh, yeah. there is a there is an absolute crystal clear difference to me to you and that is something that I do care about to a certain degree. Like I want my movies to be as clear as possible. I want them to be like the best quality I can see them in, which is why I will pay. I will go to the Alamo draft house and I will pay to see 35 millimeter prints of movies, even though it's not the, it's not like the best quote unquote best quality. Like it's not the reconstructed Blu-ray of it but it is the most organic quality of, of film. You know what I mean? So there's like a certain fidelity that, that comes to that, but that's like a very, very, very small select niche group of people who are like me, who are really big nerds and want to see something that like impresses them on the screen. Like I'll pay for, for Christopher Nolan's IMAX experience in Dunkirk you know like I will I will go I will drive I drove to San Jose to the tech museum so that I could see Dunkirk in in the IMAX yeah
1: like we're in the minority when it comes to this conversation even in terms of gaming Cameron you just built a gaming PC well I built an editing PC but it can do games. it's a monster you got what's the graphics card in it 1080 shut (laughs) the heck up okay like it's a monster gaming PC too um so it's like, we're in the minority. Now, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Darren, but someone like our producer, Darren O'Neill, he is a gamer. He enjoys playing games. This convenience factor, I think he'd be sold on it. Mm. Like I think he'd just be like, dude, I want to sit on the couch. I can play a game. Great. I can play the newest game that, you know, Isaac told me about. Like, he's always talking to me about like whatever Red Dead 2 or whatever weird Overwatch game he's playing. He's like, wait, I can play it on my couch with a keyboard and mouse because he's hard and according to keyboard and mouse
0: he's like i'm sold i bet you he'd be totally into it right how do you play on the couch with a keyboard and mouse I do have you have a, like a I lap pad a, i have a lap pad yeah really have, you do yeah i have one. Oh. it's not bad the only thing i don't like is the mouse pad it's not wide enough but. you see the thing about it is
1: and it's wired so it's like i just don't do it like i got the lap pad but i never use it
0: yeah 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 uh, for me there's always that draw Um, It's almost like a, I think it's like Pavlovian, like a force of habit thing where I'm like, I know I just put a lot of sunk a lot of money into building a really nice rig, but there's just something so comforting about going in the living room and, and laying on the couch with a blanket and just like playing Red Dead, you know, like there's just something, there's just something so like comforting about that, even though like Red Dead plays, like garbage on the on the PS4 kind of. You know, like they it plays that. like for someone who's the so, frame rate. The frame rate is I know. not very good. For yeah. someone who's picky though, I think it's impressive. I didn't say it wasn't impressive. Yeah. I said it's you know, it's not quite <laughs> I wanna talk about Red Dead in the post show. Okay, By the way, okay. We just hit an hour three.
1: Oh, cool. Um but I hear what you're saying and I think like I said, we're in the minority. Yeah. There's something special about how I used to sit in a garage with my best friend Jonathan and uh, blow on the disc reader of a PlayStation 2 to get Star Wars Battlefront 2 to work on (laughs) a CRT. And we'd play split screen for hours in this freezing cold garage. Yeah. And we'd be like basically dusting our beautiful piece of crap console, right? It's like to us, it was so precious. Or like even a Nintendo 64 blowing on the cartridges, slamming it in. There's something physical. I can feel it. It's like there's like there's something awesome about enjoying the ergonomics of a console, enjoying the way it looks, how people spent time designing
0: it, like we're enthusiasts. I mean, I think we're going to be quaint in that way. Like yeah. the new generation, maybe not even this generation, but like a few generations down the line, having a physical box in your home, in your living room is going to look like like really really quaint. It's like, "Oh, you you had a horse and buggy." wow, that's nice. Yeah. You know, like like that's how it's going to seem. But
1: it's, it'll be cool. I don't want to get rid of my PlayStation 4. I don't want to get rid of my Xbox One. I got rid of some of my older consoles because I'm like, whatever. I don't care. But
0: like... I still have my N64. Yeah, I do too. My OG N- I have N64. My, I have my
1: N64. I don't have my GameCube anymore and I don't have... Which I'm sad about. Mm. I wish I didn't get rid of my GameCube. Uh, I don't have my Wii and <laughs> I don't Who have... Who cared about that? <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I think even now, like seeing a brand new wii i'm like dude i wouldn't mind displaying that on a shelf you know like like, there's something cool about oh that was the one that your grandpa bought
0: i have my old fat um ps2 still yeah i actually it wasn't no okay sorry i'll back up i had a ps2 and it was only it broke it could only play blue discs At one point,
1: dude, I I had the same issue. Really? Yeah, with mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The blue disc
0: like curse. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it was like the red ring of death, but before that. Um, and then I so we we I think we sold that one. Oh, this is what we did. (laughs) We we gave it to GameStop. Um, we sold it to GameStop, and we brought a blue disc to test it, (laughs) so that they they can tell it if it would work. Um, and then our you know I think my like. Cousin or uncle or something, he gave me his old like PS2, so cool. we could still play the PS2 games. Yeah, but there is something special about like having a physical console that you stick discs into. And I think like that's, I'm still I, I I I don't know if I'll be able to get over that. I think that's where Nintendo will thrive
1: if Sony does not. I really do. Yeah. I really do think Nintendo will be like, hey, we're still selling uh, Nintendo DS Six, you know, like. <laughs> like we're still we're still going to be doing a, a switch version of whatever you want to play and it's going to have all your favorites all your favorite classics. The I mean, yeah, they're just dabbling into streaming services of some kind too. They'll be like, "Yeah, Xbox is on here, Stadia is on our our co- our console, like you can play it through our box, right?" The same way, you know, my TV has YouTube and Netflix, but so does my PS4. Right, right, right. right. You know, like
0: maybe Switch will be like, Yeah, we got all this stuff, but it's like we also have the Nintendo games. I wish the games Nintendo, you can play with your kids, you know? I wish Nintendo would do a Game Pass thing. Like, why haven't they done this? They do they why ca- w- they kinda have one. Why weren't they the first ones to do this? Though? They have a twenty
1: dollar because- Nintendo online which gives you a game pass quote quote to NES titles.
0: Only. NES? Yes. Okay. So- and S N E S. Okay, okay. Maybe. Hold on. Hold on. This is my this is my problem. The Wii was the first um the first console I think the first console to no that's not true. It was the Xbox 360. But the the Wii was like the first in the Nintendo ecosystem to pioneer like Nintendo eShop, you know, like you could right. buy old games and play them Still on your Wii. Still not there. It but, was on the Wii U and it was it's not
1: on the Switch. I don't know what to do. People are like where's the N64 titles? Where are
0: the uh, GameCube room, but everybody but, wants GameCube. But this is what I'm saying. Why couldn't on the Wii U you carry over your library? You you bought you bought the game on 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 your Wii. You carried it over to your to to your Wii U library. What doesn't that just make sense, dude? They're they're. I mean Reggie's gone. Bowser's <sighs> in control now. I don't know what to tell you.
1: It's I I don't know what is up with Nintendo. All I know is that they. They make decently good stuff whenever they put it out, and it's always quirky the way they do stuff.
0: Except so, for the Wii U. The Wii U's. The, the red-headed stuff job. <laughs> Disgusting.
1: <laughs> Get that thing out of my mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Everything Comes From Something, episode 38. Usually at the hour mark we go to the post show, but since Cameron and I are big freaking nerds, we're probably going to keep talking about video games. This is the post-show. Nothing to do with anything. Remember to check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. Check us out on socials, rating on iTunes, tell a friend, blah, blah,
0: blah, blah, blah. All right. We're back. N- not yet. I'd like to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what?
1: Am I just supposed to stall during this time? No, 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 no. So, yeah, like, it's, uh... I don't know what I'm saying. Give me a second. <laughs> I'll make sure that this is recording. Okay, yeah, we're good. So, yeah, nothing to do with anything. Cameron, you already told us your sandwich story. We can keep talking about games. Do you want to talk about anything else? I think I'm getting tinnitus. What's wrong?
0: I hear a ringing in my ears.
1: Maybe you're just listening to music too loud. We were talking about how you were listening to stuff too loud. Yeah. On last week's episode. Yeah. But...
0: That's I think it was all the guitar playing, and then I, I'm, i like, constantly listening to, like, podcasts and music, so. Dude, I, like, wanted to talk about what it's like to play live shows
1: for people that might not know, mm. but I don't think I've played the biggest show I've ever, like, I don't think I've played the biggest show that I'm ever going to play in my life yet. Like, I think I'm going to play bigger shows.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't talk about...
1: What I have played?
0: Yeah. I don't know. What What's the biggest show you've played? Well, most of it is
1: church-related. I played in front of a lot of people for church. Actually, I bet you the largest group of people I played in front of was an entire middle school for like this for the church, the school you went to, Valley Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with the creative arts director of my church, and we played in front of all the middle schoolers. That's like that was fun. Six hundred people. Yeah, it was big. It was big enough. The most people I've led probably like. Two hundred, like that's me being like the the main scene, yeah, 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 up front. Um, I was gonna say smaller because of winter camp. I played some winter camps for the youth, but I just realized that the church I work at is bigger than the, <laughs> the winter camp. I don't know, there is something different about each room is different. Right, right, right. right. You've, yeah, you played big stuff though, right?
0: Yeah, I I guess the probably the biggest show that I have played is the California Theater, um, which I think is like two thousand people. That is huge. Um. Yeah. It was pretty big. It was a good, um, it was a good crowd. It kind of scary obviously, but I was in high school in the jazz band. Keanu played at that, at that venue too. We all played. So, um, yeah, that was, that was probably the biggest show that I played. And then the football games were always a lot of fun. Yeah. Even though they weren't like the biggest, like our, the, like Valley stadium isn't huge. But it's I would say it's large. I watched you play a couple times. You were shredding. You that had a was big such st- a fun like gig to play. That was so fun. You had a big stack. Oh yeah. Standing by a big stack just it, awesome. it blare out. That's probably why I have tinnitus. <laughs>
1: yeah. Everything is digital now. So yeah. they don't really use amps. Like the the church I play at, we all run through a digital amp
0: simulator and it's just in your ears. I kinda miss that. Yeah. I In the same way that I miss that I miss consoles or I'm going to miss consoles like I miss I want more bands to play with each other in the same room.
1: Yes, I understand what you're saying. I think there needs to be like just as a musician from my experience, there needs to be a balance because it's like I don't know who I can
0: trust, if that makes sense. Yeah, you but you should be able to trust your bandmates. Like Well,
1: if you're playing at a church with volunteers, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, little yeah, different. Yeah, it's a different story, right? Uh but at the like uh, like the winter camp I played at this this last winter, right? We're playing for high schoolers. I knew I could trust my brother. And he is a music genius. I think he is one of the most talented musicians I've ever met. He composes, he writes electronic music. He's a wicked bass player. He's a wicked trumpet player. He's a wicked piano player. He's also better at guitar than me. (laughs) So (laughs) like, he's just an all around incredible musician. Dude,
0: I've been kind of inspired by him, not just by him, but like by, um, I've been listening to like a lot of internet music. You could say like, like, um, like wave music. Um, and I've been like, man, I kind of want to make music. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would do it a lot differently than people are doing it now, but.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I can show you something that I put together today. Cool. And it sounds terrible. Okay. But, like, I can also show you Glenn's stuff. If you want to check out my brother, he is uh, his title is Cleanse. It's K-L-E-N-Z-E.
0: Yeah, not very, like, SEO friendly. It's okay.
1: Most, most synthwave artists and, and electronic artists, they don't, they don't, like, have the most findable names. Yeah. It's more word of mouth. But he's doing all right. I think his music is getting better and better. It's sounding better and better. He just reads his song and he's like upset about the mix. But still, it's crazy. It's on Spotify. Like you can go listen to it. Yeah. So um, good for him. You know, I like like I'm saying, though, he's a great musician and he is so anti tracks. Right. Which is a system that you run through Ableton, Basically, in your ears, you'll hear a a bumping click to make sure that you're in tempo. Right. Uh, With everyone. Now, if you're talking about church music, there's also a voice that says chorus three, two, one, right? I hate and it that. counts <laughs> you in. Uh and with that also comes backing instruments that aren't on stage. So there'll be synthesizers, whatever instrument you want, you can mix it in, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, like for example, you know, my creative arts director, he'll be like, dude, uh, we don't have a bass player this week. It's fine. No one's gonna miss them. We're just gonna put it in the track it'll sound it'll be the best bass player I ever had you know and it's, <laughs> yeah they'll it, never mess up and it's flawless right like every it's it's on beat and you know it works right and a lot of artists use these backing tracks because like oh we spent so much time in the studio we produced so much stuff like I mean I I saw Coldplay and it was a terrible concert <laughs> just because of a bunch of different things but like there's no doubt they're playing with backtracks dude Coldplay has like so many guitars and synthesizers and weird stuff in their music. Yeah. It's like, they need that full sound. There's only four of them up there. They, they don't have enough arms to play all the instruments.
0: Right. Yeah. But I kind of, I don't know. There's something beautiful about like an organic um, band experience. You know what I mean? Like, like just a couple dudes or lads, ladies, you know, they get up on stage, they have their instruments. There's nothing pretty, they don't have anything in their ears. They're they just, they just, get on stage they plug into an actual amp and then they go you know they play and they play off each other and they play off the crowd like that there's something that's like really um fresh about that i agree and
1: i think there can be a balance for instance my like for me it's like i like a click and a pad that's my favorite thing because the pad is only ambient there's nothing that like messes up you don't miss anything, and then you just hear a click, so everyone can be on the same beat, right? Even the click is a little weird, but you'd be surprised how much tighter the sound comes. Yeah, when when
0: everybody has the same click in their ears. Right? When it's when it's, I understand it in a like a church setting, right? Like a worship setting. I totally get it. I'm talking for for me. If I am going to see a band, I want them to have the like like almost like the knowledge of each other you know what i mean like i want them to have the 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 music thing where they're all they're all connected they're all sort of like in sync together i want that to be locked down
1: yes. like without
0: without any other outside i hear what you're saying anything and most musicians aren't there
1: today yeah and it's sad like i yeah. i hear that you know you're a big zeppelin fan and i don't think a lot of Bands are like that. I don't think a lot of bands could be like that. And I also think that that isn't as appreciated anymore. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Because and here and here's why. Right. The way you make music today is so different than the way people learned and did music in the past. Most people were traditionally trained, right? Or at least sort of. I'm looking back towards. I mean, you look at jazz, right? Most jazz musicians are extremely talented.
0: Yeah, but back in the early days of jazz, they weren't um, traditionally changed or trained. That's why it sounds so different from like classical music. Like most jazz musicians were like given handed down a piano when they were, you know, five or six. And that's all that they had, you know, growing up. And and it just shaped that musicality through almost like through the fire and flames you know like they they like really worked on their their technique and it was all self-taught right and
1: now it's like everything's taught through YouTube and people make music on their computers and it's already digitalized with a tempo and it's like everything is either tightly made and it's it's very strange right And performing live, it's like, well, where do you find that balance? Now, I've seen a lot of bands who are like, we're bringing eight people on stage. Like, even uh, a group that I like called King's Kaleidoscope. It's like, they tour with 25 people on stage. They have an entire orchestra with them. Yeah. Just get that full blasting sound. That's cool, though. I mean, that's super cool. It's fine, right? It's cool. It's cool. All right. But, like, I look at myself as a musician. I'm like, there's no way I'm ever <laughs> bringing 25 people with me yeah, to play on a stage. Like, you could give me all the money in the world. That's not my style. Mm. Like, for me, it's like, I want what you want, but I also want a balance where it's like, I want people to connect with the, with the folks on the stage, right? I don't want it to just be about the one guy. I want people to see, like, the band have the energy, the band mess with each other, right? Like, I want to be able to mess up and make fun of it and recover, right? Like, that's a big part of it. And that's the thing I hate about tracks is you can't recover Mm. from getting off a track. Yeah. It's very difficult. You have to stop playing. Now, I experienced this last Sunday because I was playing in front of the church that I'm at. And the last 15 seconds of the track, just got off. My strumming was off. I was playing acoustic guitar. My drummer, excellent drummer, studio quality drummer. Like, his name's Stevie D. He's crazy dvd yeah he's got a british accent crazy good right (laughs) he's drumming away he notices that i'm off the track so he starts drumming me in right he's like hey like he's like trying to get me on the right tempo so he's like hitting the snare a little bit louder right there's just a way that you can communicate with band members really quick big issue he hits the snare hard enough where a stick flies out of his hand (laughs) all right he plays hard oops uh so then we're both off and ever the rest of the band is onto the track, and we end in a wet fart, right? Yeah, yeah, not a good way to end the set for that Sunday morning. And I'm like, dude, tracks just not fun. So what I was just to get back on on this live setting thing. When my brother and I played at this winter camp uh, for the youth this this last winter. We designed a way to run tracks Until we got off the tracks Because the musicians we were were playing with Weren't good enough
0: Mm.
1: But they were good enough to hold their own without a track And we would just free flow the tempo It's really weird how that happens Like you'll slow down in the verses that are slow But as soon as the chorus builds up You notice the drummer feels the energy Mm. The tempo gets faster naturally Nobody notices It's like a really weird thing About playing live with other musicians Right? So, what we do is I'm like, okay, the intro of this song. We're doing this song called Great Things. I'm like, dude, the intro of this song, it's got to have the right energy because the beginning synth has this warping, like, power behind it. So, I'm like, we're all going to come in on the synth. The second that that's done, if we're on the track, we're good. The second we're off, Glenn, it's your job to hit a button (laughs) that fades the track out, pushes the pad, which is an ambient sound that's in the key of the song, up, and deletes the click so all we have is just this ambient sound that continues to fill our sound no matter what happens right and then um we can just play yeah yeah in the reverse side of this we did a song that had a click and just like this pre-created synth sound that just goes like that's it like right and it's in the right key we're like oh like we created this sound and it will work out fine it was train wreck dude like Mm. It's so weird like how the band fights with the track and you know you have to have musicians that are trained for it and I've seen a terrible syndrome where some musicians they'll play with the track and they can't they can't they're like once they're sworn to it they they're professional right I mean a big church but they can't
0: improvise like they a can't big, get out of it
1: yeah or or like a big church like venture it's like the musicians who play with that they can't play with anything else hmm. like they need the track now and I'm like, well, I don't want to I be I hate that. that. That's a crutch.
0: You know, that's, yeah. I don't know. It, that bothers me because playing jazz in high school was like such an eye-opening experience where it's like, not only are you expected to improvise when like, a lot of times in class, not not so much in the performances, like we'd have a routine, but in class, he would, our, our band teacher we would play through the head which is like the opening intro of the song right and then we'd get to the solos and my teacher would just point he would just point to you and you were expected to just improvise on the fly right and everybody was expected to like especially in the rhythm section everybody was expected to back you up and like feel your energy and be like all right we're 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 going to back we you ha- you laid this idea down you know you maybe you did like a little triplet thing we're going to back that up you know the drum is going to fill in you know the drum it, it, the bass is going to is going to add some color to that you know like we're all going to support you as as the solo person you know and then we're going to move on we're going to go to this next person and we're going to back him up you know and like this was this was what was so fun about about being in a jazz band was especially in, we were in a smaller, just a, just, it was just the rhythm section in my senior year. That, that was all that I was a part of was just the rhythm section. Um, it was like five of us and we, we all got so sort of like in tune with each other that we would like almost intuitively know where our heads were at. You know what I mean? Like some people weren't as good as others. You know, there was like a quality difference, but we were all expected to, to like carry a certain weight. And I think that from my experience, that's lacking not only in like worship bands, but also, I mean, in worship bands, you're not really expected to, to do that sort of thing. It's kind of a different ball game, but it's also like from what I see in currently produced music, it's like one guy will come in, he'll do his little piece. that'll be the recording session, and then he'll leave. and then another guy will come in, he'll do his little piece. Yeah. they never have any actual interaction, you know, what yeah, I mean? like yeah. they don't have they don't have this relationship, and that's why, say they go on they end up getting you know to a live setting. they can't play with each other because they never really have, you know, like it's just it's just such a different beast. I wish we could go back to an era where we were like in the same room with each other, communicating with each other, seeing it in our, in our eyes being like, all right, this is what this guy needs. You know, this is what the soloist needs. This is how I'm going to back him up. Well, I think, I think that there has,
1: there are some bands and and some people who find value in that. And and it's like, what's cool is that people can find their cup of tea. I think the music industry right now is super duper like overpopulated in terms of artists. And you can really find your own, section of that yeah right um you can tell you can tell with bands that play together you can tell when a band is recording live uh or you can tell like when they're recording together yeah um i don't prefer that sound actually like i know you probably do i do yeah i it's usually mixed terribly for me and i'm sure that there are some bands that can do it well but for me i'm like not tight like not what I want like I want it to be put together meticulously right if I'm going to sit down and listen to your music and I know some people can see that as boring but it's like if I'm going to listen to the same song over and over again I don't want to listen to a hiccup you know a fun little hiccup where I winked at my band member and like was like oh haha like that's the part no I'm like I want someone who's like dude I've listened to this lead a million times I know this is the one that's supposed to be here. Yeah. You know, I don't want to listen to some like, and that's the other thing that bothers me about jazz records, right? Where I don't believe it. You're like, oh, like you get this free flowing thing. I'm like, dude, they're produced though. I'm like, there's no yeah. way that all these lead parts aren't written the way they're supposed to be written.
0: No, no, no. no. Of course they are. Of co- but but the solo parts are not. That's what I'm saying. The I don't solos be- are. I don't organic. believe, dude. I don't believe it. I don't believe. Okay, like, you like
1: you can say it. You can say that they're organic, but I'm like, there's
0: no way that that person didn't plan out what they were gonna play before they sat in front of that mic. No, it's no. It, believe me, it's it's not. And part of it, part of it has to do with it's like. I would say it's similar to how we, how we do this podcast, right? Not that we have any sort of overarching. Uh, any or uh, overarching structure or whatever. Like we are, we do not write out a script for this podcast, right? But we know the English language. We know how to talk. We know how to have a conversation with each other, right? If anybody you know a hundred years ago was to listen to this podcast, they'd be say they'd say like, I don't believe that these people are just talking for an hour into the the po- you know into the microphone. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Right. Right. Right maybe maybe we are not the best example but some you know someone really not that clean someone who is that clean is that professional they'd be like wow that was a scripted show that was obviously a scripted show Yeah, yeah but it's because they they do it so much and they're so organic at it that it and they speak the language so well that that's what it comes down to it's speaking the language so well that it just flows and there's no problems there's no hiccups like maybe they do the take a, a lot of times or maybe they have a couple go go to licks that they use. You know what I mean? Like they have a couple they have a couple things that they fall back on when they're out of ideas. But like they're doing this every, every like every single day for a long time. They're they're practicing like 10-12 hours a day in order to get that good like you really really have to be in it. And that's what's so impressive to me about it is that like I know that it's organic because I've I've done it and I've done it on the opposite end where it's not as good as them. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not in that realm. It's not even close to where that is. And I see how it could be done, but but I can't do it. So that's why I'm so impressed by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I hear what you're saying. Like I'm just still skeptical, I
1: think, no matter what. Yeah. I like I understand you're like, dude, like I've experienced that thing and you don't have it, but it's like I don't I don't know. Like just any studio record, I'm just like Like for for instance, you know, and this is probably an awful example, but I don't listen to a lot of jazz. There's one jazz album that I do like. I think it's by a guy named uh I think you showed it to me Camisi washington or something he produced a pimp a butterfly with kendrick lamar i don't think i should i showed it to you um really good But i, I know who you're talking it's about. a really yeah. short ep i think it's called desire i believe that's the name of it really cool stuff and there's like some cool like there's a couple trumpet solos in it at least in the song desire Kashmir or Kameezy. It's a really odd name. I think it's spelled with a K. But <clears throat> man, I think it was Tim Smith that showed it to me, actually. Um, I love that jazz album. And for some reason, it's like one of the albums that I'm like, dude, I don't like jazz. But for some reason, it strikes me as they've played it naturally, but they played it as a plan, too. Like yeah. It was like a weird mix where I was like, I can tell that they thought a long time about The melodies that go here but they also played it together with like a soul kind of like what you're touching on I was like I can feel that energy you know when I hear it I just also know that it's scripted too yeah you know
0: and maybe you would hear it and say otherwise I just no it's possible that the solos are scripted I mean a lot of modern jazz um, has like very either they'll do it for the first time improvised, like they'll have the head and then they'll go into the improvised track and they'll kind of work on it. They'll tweak the solo until they get it to a place where they're like, all right, this is what the solo is. Yeah. yeah. So sort of like how guitar solos work in rock usually, Mm. where it's like, you start with something, you kind of, you kind of mess around and then you get to a place where you're like, all right, this is what I want it to be. Um, and this is what it's always going to be written down as. Um, it's possible that that's the case. I'm t- I'm saying like how it was and how it was originally designed. Solos were uh really just an area of like free expression for the artist to one ar- for one artist to just stand up, say this is my piece and then where this is how many this is how many bars I'm going to do this for and I'm going to sit back down. You know, and it was just Exactly organic, just like that. Yeah, I mean, you were trained in that style. I know we used to play at
1: church together. Yeah, I think we let you solo in a lot of different spots. A couple,
0: a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're, but like, it's like you're co- you're coming from a lead guitarist perspective. Like for me, it's like I'm a rhythm player. I'm supposed to be in the pocket and unnoticed, right? Like that's almost like yeah. my job. And you know, some would disagree. Like I love playing electric rhythm. That's super, like. Neck hair tingling almost, like I love the way Foo Fighters does a lot of their progressions, and um you know, you and I are both huge Reliant K fans. They do really good like chord progressions as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I don't know, I I just wanted to touch on live performances. I'm sure we'll get back to that conversation someday. With speaking of which, my creative arts director, his name is Austin Lyons. He's launching a, or he's doing a record with the producer of Bethel. Uh, it's for our church, but he used to be part of this band called I Am Empire. And I know we've mentioned him before, but he's like an awesome, like, rock dude. Like, he has a great, he has a cool story about getting like stranded in Europe, how being a rock star isn't that great, and how getting signed to your favorite record label is actually like death when it comes fi- <laughs> to financial. Like, he did three studio records with, um, uh, with the label of choice I mean it, it's not death He's like I don't regret it But it's like He has a lot of Insight and knowledge That I wouldn't have Otherwise expected So You know If that kind of music Is your cup of tea The band His new band's called Future Divine I think it's on um, What is it Instagram Right now But I'm excited to see What he puts out Obviously if you're not Really just like It's probably not gonna be Your cup of tea But <laughs> <laughs> I mean You know It just Just some context about what we're talking about. I want to have him on the show eventually. Yeah. That'd be Uh, cool. I think he has a great perspective on like the difference he sees between church music and like regular music that other people listen to. Also like a really strange connection between pop and worship music right now. Church, like Christian worship music. It's very weird. Like when I saw Coldplay, they had lyrics up on a screen. Really? stupid weird dude wow i'm like this is really odd and then like coldplay sounds more and more like christian worship music i mean yeah that was kind of u2's gig for a while yeah but like it's it's weird how bands lean into that i just like if i ever get a band like i've i've constantly wanted to start a band and i've tried and it's failed and i just don't have any time so someday it's gonna happen uh and now it doesn't even matter if you're young like you can just be you don't even have to go perform live but like that's where my heart's at right like I want to play shows like, yeah. I don't even care about writing music like I just love playing shows yeah uh, it's so much fun but like someday when I get out there and I'm doing that like I don't know I don't even know where my train of thought was going I'm just excited for that <laughs> we we're talking about the biggest venue we're going to play I have no idea what it's going to be but I dream dude
0: yeah it's cool for me. it's cool for us to say we've even got to do that Oh, it's super cool. Yeah. I look back and be, and I'm like, man. Yeah. Super <laughs> lucky. I wish I was better at it too. Dude, you know? well,
1: that's the thing, right? Like I tell people, well, I can put as much money into music equipment. You know, I'm going to be going to church at least my whole life. I hope. Right. It's like, I hope they'll always take me as a musician. Right. It yeah. won't be a waste of money for me. You know, granted, for some people, it's like uh, they're not religious. It's fine. You know, they don't have to they don't have to care about that. But it's like for me, it's like I'll always use that stuff. I'll always love to play music. And even if it's simple church music. Right. At least I'll get to be like doing it. It's fun. Right. So besides the point, that's a fun tangent.
0: I want to. That was a good. I I thought we were going to talk about Red Dead or something. Nah, whatever. We had something else.
1: Oh, my gosh. See.
0: okay, So one of the things that I've been kind of like struggling with recently is like I don't know how to get into a place where I'm like I want to practice music you know what I mean like I want to uh pick up the guitar and like and like play something you know what I mean because I don't have I I always felt like I was I was best when I had other people to there to support me you know like I, I was best when I was able to feed off people when I was able to to just have fun playing and, and like jamming and whatnot, you know?
1: Well, I think that you need a purpose
0: behind why you're playing,
1: right? I mean, for the jazz stuff, it was like you were playing pretty often, right? And you were forced into playing, class.
0: I was playing almost every day. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then even when you're involved with church stuff, it's like you had a reason to practice, right? I mean, who knows? You know, I whenever I get the chance to start a band, I think you as my lead guitarist would be what I want. Because I, I don't have a lead guitarist, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, my buddy Travis Cook, he's a great drummer and he's just getting into lead guitar stuff and I think he'd be a great guitarist, but I'm also like, kind of need you on drums. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want you exactly. on drums. You sound great on drums. We bought a freaking drum kit for you to play. It's living at his house. But you and Glenn, like, I know I'm not a great musician. So what I've been working on is my songwriting, right? It's like, I want to write songs that I want to sing and impact people. My songs are like, kind of darker like I, I've i been inspired Jules was telling me Jules is a songwriter my girlfriend she's really into writing music and she's like dude uh the band so it's not One Republic is it yeah I mean that is a band yeah. One Republic uh none of their songs are directly about love and romance well none of them are about falling in love mm-hmm. like some of their popular songs are like Good Life right there's this song about like What it's like to dream and be happy with uh, uh, Stuff There's there's this great uh, podcast called And the writer is It's about songwriters and what their purpose is That's where that info comes from But I'm like I've been trying to write songs That aren't about falling in love Because I'm kind (laughs) of tired about hearing them So like most of my songs are pretty depressing Right now And I've been trying to write like more fun music Um, It's hard to not write Fun music that is like cringy to listen to (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's like, I guess in my mind, it's like, I always need band members who are much better musically than I am because I have like this visionary mindset where I'm like, I want to tell a story. I want to be there like with the feeling behind the music and stuff. It's like, I just don't have the skill. Like Mm -hmm. I can just strum my chords. Like, let's be real. I'm a church musician. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Right. It's like, I'm doing my best to get better. Right. But at the end of the day, I play a lot of G G claw chords. Right. And it's like, that makes pop. And that's why I'm like, oh, I have a heart for pop. Like, there's an importance to that. I know you and I have talked about, like, how the best, well, at least, I know I've mentioned it to you, where I'm like, the best albums are the ones that transcend their genre and merges it with pop to some degree. Um, and that's how they really shine through and break the charts and really blow a a, a genre into popularity. But it's like, dude, what? So it's like, well, if I'm stuck to simple, I might as well lean into the pop and then pull in other people who can make it not simple. You know, like that's yeah. where I find value in my brother. And that's why I always liked playing with you. Cause even though I sucked back then, <laughs> dude, I remember, dude, I kid you not, we used to play songs and every time I'd sing something in the verse, I'd be like, da, 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 da. And then I'd strum a little bit and you would always do something right after I'm done singing to fill the sound. You'd be like, da, 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 da. it's like it's
0: like a call and response all the time when we were playing well but but that was that was going back to to what i like to do is the call and response sort of thing right and that that's one of the other problems is like like if i joined a band you know what i mean like if i joined a band the difficult thing for me is like that's not what you do really in a band You know, you don't do the sort of thing that I like, which is like play time. You know what I mean? Like I like to, I like to have fun. I see the guitar as a jungle gym and I like to run around and swing and, and slide and go all over the place with the jungle gym. And that's like, that's like what I would love to do when you're on a jungle gym. I don't always want to play tag. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I don't always want to play a structured game. The most fun that I have on a jungle gym is just is just being free and doing whatever I want to do. And I know that sounds like really stupid and pretentious, but but that's like that's how I treat the guitar. Is it's like I would ideally, this is my this is my dream. Ideally, I would sit down with a, a bunch of other people who I know are like as good or better than me. And like, I would sit down, I would, we'd have like a structure, we'd have like a set of, of chords that we, we go through and then we all take turns and we all mess with each other and we all like, we all just, just kind of just play. That's what what I would do. Here's my thing.
1: If and when we get the opportunity to be musicians together, (laughs) let me be the slide on the jungle, jungle gym, Okay. The slide doesn't change. It's always fun. It's always the same. <laughs> you can be the weird stuff on the Jungle Gym, okay? The weird split spinning block with the letters. I don't know why it's there, but it's there, you know? Or the weird thing that you hold on to and slide across, uh, like a zip line almost, <laughs> right? Or you can be the sit-up bar. I don't care, right? It's like, for me, it's like, whatever band I want to be in, I want all the musicians to be way better than me. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, then maybe I'll get better. At what I'm doing And at the same time They'll really spice up What is otherwise boring Yeah Um So Who knows If you ever want to be part of Hot Tub dude It's gonna <laughs> be real That's the name of my band right now Alright I I would I would love to sit down and write with you Cameron Cause I think Writing and feeling it out Are two different monsters right? Yeah. Yeah Like writing is very meticulous and different Like Yeah it's interesting. But that is besides the point. We'll definitely I mean that's pretty much a podcast in itself about We should music. just
0: split it off and then and then uh, Nah dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine.
1: We haven't done a post show in a long time. Yeah, this, uh, give people the content they want. I'll put it in the description. How about that? Alright. If you wanted to not listen to video game stuff, you have something else to hear.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good that that's a pretty good alternative. Yeah.
1: I think I think it's solid as well. Well, people, awesome ladies and gents. Third time I've said it today we appreciate your time we appreciate you guys listening you know what to do if you like the show uh we appreciate it and we hope you have a great week